The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Alice Walker. You are listening to the Legacy Atlas podcast with Dr. Tamika Lack. Welcome back to the Legacy Atlas podcast. We have really breezed through this season. We are already on episode six, which means there's only four episodes left. So make sure you're tuning in uh, each week to catch all these uh, information and exciting nuggets of information that uh, I'm going to be providing. And we're going to be wrapping up this season talking all about breaking the legacy of fear. So last week, episode five, was really talking about your environment. People, places, and things are the things that we always talk about when we talk about your environment. But we don't hone in so much on those thoughts and where your head is in things because that's an environment by itself. So I hope that you really took the time to look into some of the things that you're thinking about and how your thoughts are keeping you where you are in the environment that you want to get out of or progress from because some places are just stepping stones to get to our next place. So I'm just excited. We're at episode six. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about understanding your rights, which is so important to the work that a lot of us do in the community and seeing advancement. So I have a great guest up here. Michael Harris is here joining us uh, this week. He is a community advocate. He sits on a lot of uh, committees uh, within the city of Hampton and works throughout the city of Virginia advocating for individuals' rights and just the needs of those who are dis disenfranchised. So I want to thank you, Michael, for being up here on the Legacy Atlas podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. (laughs) Not a problem. So when when I went through understanding your rights and, you know, we've had conversations and we sit on committees together and you always just your presence, you're very knowledgeable, um, a a great advocate, uh, just well known for your work. And uh, that speaks for itself. And it's not a boastful thing. It's just a, a humble thing, um, an air about you that's very humble. And so I really appreciate that. It's, it's very welcoming um, to to just have someone in a community that's doing that and being able to bring in others, you know, within that, that presence. So I do appreciate uh, the work that you are doing. Thank you, Doctor. So, uh, just trying to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So we're going to start off with our question. So what okay. motivated you to do the work that you do and serve the community? Oh, uh, you know me, that's probably one of my favorite questions and uh and and I think really uh what started me um on this uh well, I should say the catalyst for starting this probably is the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the manner I grew up, you know, uh, we didn't have many things. We didn't have a lot of access um, uh, to not only uh, resources, but, you know, the different networks and, I guess, mm-hmm. people that I had access to. Um, the good thing about that, though, is uh, my mother was a teacher, and she's a retired principal. Um, my yeah. dad was a college worker. And so they gave us this, um, the the principles and valuable, values, I'm sorry, that we needed to get started. Uh, in saying that, though, I also wanted to help other people not – 
uh, fall into the same situation that I grew up in. Right. Um, so fast forward through my service through the military, and then fast forward when I came to Hampton after I, I'm sorry, when I settled in Hampton after the military, mm-hmm. I was always one to get involved. And I think this is the hardest thing for people. Uh, they don't know where to get started. Um, but right. you just have to start somewhere. Um, it could be a nerve-wracking thing because you don't know where to put your energy. But for me, actually, actually, mm-hmm. um, four years ago, I would say I woke up uh, after getting accepted to the University of Richmond School of Law. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, um, and subsequently I didn't go because I had responsibilities as a father. Um, right. But at that point, I realized I wanted to do something. So actually, my first real big experience other than doing community service within the military um, locally was actually running for state office. It was, okay. I was very over overzealous, but it was something that I really uh, thought that I could uh, not say win, but it was actually just to bring and highlight um, how important it is to get involved on the community and state level. Um, right. And civic opportunity for, for all people. Well, sorry, for Virginians, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like that you highlighted um, one of the misconceptions uh, is that many people don't know where to start. So one of the things people say, that, oh, I hear a lot, that, oh, people are just lazy. They don't want to commit. They don't want to do the work. But it's overwhelming. You don't know yeah. where to start to be able to do stuff. And a lot of people don't, they lack that education. Um, Correct. And understanding their rights and where to start and how to start and, you know, how they can make a difference. So I think that that's important. And you, you said overzealous, but I think that that's, uh, I think it's more than that. I think sometimes we know, you know, even if it's not today, maybe it's down the line of what, you know, the promise and where we can go. So you were testing the waters right. for what you have for the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good, water. it was a good learning process and, uh-huh. and it actually started. It actually started me knowing, learning the community, learning mm-hmm. the people around me, um, uh, some of the uh, things that we need to work on, uh, some of the uh, some of the great points of the community and uh, the city of Hampton, at least, right. and the surrounding areas as well. Um, so that's what really got me engaged um, mm-hmm. in uh, Mr. Waylon McDo, which allowed okay. us to know. Um, mm-hmm. He actually introduced me to a lot of different community organizations, and I kind of started there. Um, so that was the catalyst for really to get me going with community work. Great. And that right there is just uh, taking that leap of faith. Sometimes you're stepping yeah. out there and you walk right, sometimes by accident, into your purpose. And I think right, that right. is a good catalyst for it, just taking that leap. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. So, what would you describe, how would you describe the importance of understanding our are right within our communities? Well, um, I would say, you know, that is one of probably uh, probably the major points that um, I think we should continuously hit on. Um, uh, I think rights, knowing your rights is empowering. Um, right. And so I know a lot of people sometimes feel like um, they are, I wouldn't say subservient, but uh a good word is they're, vic- they're victims, right, victims mm-hmm. of the system. Um, but mm-hmm. the things that we have in place within, you know, not only on the local level, state, um, and then federal level, there's a lot of protections and rights that we have that a lot of people are not knowledgeable about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I kind of actually went to law school and, you know, my first semester. I just finished my first semester. But it's really Yay. to be able to, to be – thank you. Uh, a lot of work, but uh, we're yeah. getting there. Um, but rights are so important. 
um, mm-hmm. not to only just okay. protect um, yourself, but be able to educate others on their rights. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I hear a lot that that's a lot of the things that I hear with people who are advocates in the community is educating those individuals who just don't know, who who don't understand that they do have this right. Some people hear information that's uh, really erroneous. You hear Facebook, uh, Instagram, you see stuff, and it comes so instantaneous with social media now where um, – just bombarded with information and it's always that digging through and i tell people like you have to dig through to find the truth and a lot of stuff uh information that we're given because it's just not correct no it's not Uh, a lot of it is misinformation from the media Mm -hmm. um of course you know everybody has their own agendas and i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i would say it's up to us to be able to open books um Mm-hmm. And we have access to the internet for the ones that do, um, and for the ones that that can teach, we should teach. Um, right. And, and right, probably the foundation of this country is the foundation of everything we live by. Um, so knowing your rights is so empowering, uh, and it's, it's so very important um, that mm-hmm. we do that. Yeah, and that just goes back to uh, uh, something that Dr. Shante Tarver, when she was on the episode talking about, you know, just advocacy. She she really honed in on. Uh, created for a purpose once you figure out your purpose your purpose is to go ahead and help those others that that's what that purpose is to give back and empower others within the community so that's a a great thing to hear that you are doing within the community because empowering them strengthens our community we can only go you know up from here correct yes yes nothing we're working that way slowly but surely mm-hmm. uh, i think we're making the right progress we just have to pick it up a little bit All right um, it's each and every one of our responsibilities and uh, to do that um, because all of us doesn't have access. And that's right. one thing I do want to let everybody know is, yes, America has the greatest um, opportunity more than any other country that I've seen, that I've traveled around the world and been to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem that we have is the access to that opportunity. Right. And so what we have to do is create gates and pathways for that access to be consistent um, and so people can be persistent in their uh, endeavor to um, to um, explore their rights and, and access those rights and engage in them. Right. I, I really like that. So, yes. Um, and going forward, what drives you to continue to push towards your goals even when you face um, adversity? So there's a lot of things. Like you said, this mm-hmm. process can be really slow. And, yeah. uh there are some barriers uh, that you may come across. What drives you to continue in spite of those? Well, I would say I probably learned uh, uh, I learned to be uh, flexible, and I, I and I can't really um, trying to really really voice how I really feel about it. But really, right. I think for me, it's uh, purpose driven. I just felt from right. a little child that God gave me this purpose. Um, mm-hmm. To help others. Um, and so mm-hmm. in that, um, I think because of that, I think I'm purpose-driven by God that, you know, at the end of the day, I must keep going forward. Um, mm-hmm. And then also legacy building is, you know, I have I have family members, I have friends I feel I respons- I'm responsible for. And, right. you know, our life on this earth is very, very short in the big scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, And so our job is really to teach the next generation 
um, and then help people as much as possible and, and show God's love and his strength and power um, while we're here. And so I think when I run into adversity, um, I always feel like that's temporary because God's right. eternal. Um, right. So these are just temporary roadblocks. And, I'll, and something I've written before is I don't see mountains, my mountains turn into ladders. Right. Okay. So that's just something that I, like I say. Um, and because of that, that's allowed me to keep going forward um, and, and doing things. It is a slow process, but it's a necessary process. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the last thing I was, well, another thing I would say about that is everybody wants to be um, the player. Nobody wants to be the coach. Uh, oh, everybody yeah. wants to be the superstar on the stage, but nobody wants mm-hmm. to be the writer and producer. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to realize all our experiences that we're experiencing, sometimes it's to coach the next. Uh, Serena is to coach the Tiger Woods is to coach the Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So our experience really may be for someone else, so they can do the great work. But it must start with us. Mhm. Yeah, it, it's getting comfortable with. Uh, some people don't appreciate the role, like you said, of the coaches. They don't appreciate that person in the background that's uh, pushing them. I hear a lot of stuff. Teachers don't get enough praise for the work that they do, but you will hear a lot about. Um, athletes, stars, people who have yeah. grown up, and it's usually that teacher, that one teacher that inspired them, says something to them, believe in them, um, and encourage them. And and we have to understand that it's okay to have that backseat role. That's just as important as that front seat out in the, in the front of everything role that everyone um, sees. And, and I would say it's just as important. It is. Just as important. It is. It's, it's a dual thing, and uh and one of my other things is, you know, um, you know, young people have always been the catalyst for change, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need um, our uh, respected and older generation to guide us. Um, so it's right. a dual thing that we need. Um, we need coaching and we need uh, information and we need people that um, can take a backseat role. And that's part of leadership itself is to sometimes taking a backseat and understanding right. the best way to go about um, structuring um, forward movement. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, building building those uh, capable leaders and continue. That's yeah. a continuous process. Capable Correct. leaders. Yeah. Correct. So, last question, and you kind of mm-hmm. jumped into it a little bit, but how has your passion for advocacy impacted your legacy? Well, you know, I would hope it would be in a, in a good manner. One of these things I would say is, you know, I'm not a perfect person, and, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, none of us are. Um, but yeah. I would say when you think that when you have purpose, um, then some things have to change. I thought right. that at one point in my life when I was younger, I was on one path, right? I always wanted to be a uh, musician, and, and, you know, I wanted to help people through my music. And, you know, uh-huh. there's some things I'm still going to do with that. Um, but I think that when you're responsible, like when I became a parent, things kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. It kind of shifted. You realize that, you know, my time here is to be able to pour into someone else and to do the best job that I can, like like we talked about just a moment earlier, yeah. um, to do better. So the things that I do, some people may look at them and say, oh, well, he, he he's doing those things for himself. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. listen to the outside noise. Um, All right. These things are to educate me so I can help others and open up um, networks and pathways. Um, and one thing, like I said, me going to law school, a lot of people don't know that only 5% of the attorneys in the United States are African-American. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something we have to work on because, of course, 
have criminal justice problems. We have these other systemic problems um, that, that are real. And one thing that I really want to look at is the economics um, and education component of criminality. Um, a lot of us try to fight criminality within the criminal justice system, mm-hmm. but I think fight it more um, with the basis of it, which is lack of education and access and then right. economic inequality. So that's where my focus is going to be. Eventually, I hope to open a school that starts at third grade that focuses on mm-hmm. civics and economics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, that will be a great start to fighting this uh, criminal justice and criminality problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you hone in on that. It, it really starts before. So I have uh, I've done research within the criminal justice field with human services, and I and I always hone in on all this starts. Before we get to the jail, we can't talk about reform after everyone's in the courtroom. We need to talk about reform before it even before we even get there, because at that point, I feel like it's uh, we're not uh, we're reacting to the problem. Correct. And yeah, we have to get on a proactive stance in uh, educating our communities and having them know their rights and being able to advocate for themselves and their parents and their parents being able to stand up for them. And so I really appreciate that. I love how you said, you know, just the focus changed, you know, once you became a parent, the perspective changes. And it's not just me out here for me. It's me out here, you know, it's it's someone else that's looking up to me, someone else that's going to need my guidance for me to, you know, push them to the next level. So it changes that foci of uh, responsibility, which, uh, we talked about, I talked about in the last uh, episode five environment, it's the thought process. The thought yeah. process has, has to change because that's a, that's a slave uh, in itself. It, it, it does slave you to where you are in your circumstances if you don't change your, um, your thought process. Yes, yeah, being a slave, yeah, being a slave to your own vices and things of that mm-hmm. nature can be a debilitating thing, you know. Um, sometimes we get pleasure out of things, but really that's, that could be the most uh, 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 debilitating thing in our life. And being able to shift from that um, right. is very, very important. Um, and there's one other thing that I really wanted to add to that is mm-hmm. when you talked about when you talked about rights and, and that this mm-hmm. last component of talking about rights, um, knowing your rights is one thing. Uh, applying them is another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I know a lot of times we try to um, – Historically, I would say buck the system from outside. Right. Um, but the goal now is to infiltrate, right? Uh, and this is not something that's supposed to be combative. This is something that's uh, strategic. Um, so mm-hmm. the goal is to uh, have uh, more uh, doctors like you, have more lawyers, um, mm-hmm. have more educators, have more policemen, um, not because it's it's purely strategy, but this is something that has to happen um, and it has to be a change overall. Okay. And uh, so knowing your rights is one thing, but being able to access them and apply them is another one. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to be on that part to hopefully one day be a better legislator and change some laws, but also be able to teach and educate consistently and, and fervently. Yes, and I love it. And the things that you speak of, the things that you stand for, are really what we look for in legislators it's the things that we really want to know we really want someone who's invested in the community like you said being of servitude it's not just you you get into the next thing you're looking how can i serve and that is uh, a servant's heart and it's exactly what 
people in, in power that are making the changes in the community should really have. Uh, I think that's right. just the foundation starting off there. You need to, you need to realize that you're in a, in a, in a service role. You're advocate. You're the, the face of this community and you should really listen to the community, understand the community and have that knowledge. So I, I, you know, just you continue to awe me. So uh, uh, really appreciate the knowledge and the time that um, you took today. Any last thing you want to share before we end? Well, one thing I want to say uh, to all the leaders um, who are in their positions, first I want to give kudos to all the leaders who have taken roles because, um, like I said, when I first ran for state office, I didn't know what I was getting into. And you don't know right. what these leaders go through and the sacrifices that they make. Sometimes right. we just we criticize before doing our research and mm-hmm. um, the uh, the sacrifices they made, especially the public servants. Um, right. Aside, aside from that, yes, we still do have to hold them accountable. Um, but the last mm-hmm. point I'll make to all the leaders that are listening and aspiring leaders: you cannot be a leader if there's no people to lead. Right. So, like, what makes you a leader is the actual people that you're you're leading. So they are actually the most important component and not the leader themselves. Um, and knowing them uh, and knowing their um, – and knowing what they need uh, and knowing how to help is probably the most uh, important part about being a leader. So, you know, that's something I'm consistently learning, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully that keeps people, uh, you know, on the right pathway um, because sometimes, you know, us as leaders, sometimes we can make it all about us. But remember – uh, there's no leader without the people. So, um, but I I want to say thank you for this opportunity. I highly respect everything that you're doing. Um, thank you. You know, um, sometimes it, I think I made a post the other day about looking and looking at other people's lives and trying to gauge yourself by it. Um, but I would say that I look up to you and the things that oh, you've already you. done. Um, you know, we're both I wouldn't say old people. We're mature yeah. people, but we're yeah. we're not old yet. Um, so yeah. I just want to give you a kudos on, on the things that you're doing. And, uh, thank you. Continue blessings to you in that. Oh, thank you so much. Everyone, just, yeah. I would like to thank, uh, Michael Harris for being here and just speaking some wisdom and stuff. And I hope that this has really inspired you. And if it, if it's something, you know, that you've already know, share it because that's the theme here, sharing it. We have to get this education out and get people to start thinking outside of the box and outside of what they already know. And the big thing is applying it. So share it, apply it, put it in action, because that's that's where the change is going to start, with the action. So we have to make that first step. So thank you again. I hope you join me next week uh, as we continue on on this season of Breaking the Legacy of Fear with the Legacy Atlas podcast. Thank you. You've just finished listening to episode six and only four episodes left. But this episode was really the the episode that really should get you energized and motivated about just taking that next step in advocacy for yourself. There's knowing that no step is too small and that you can go out there and just educating yourselves and taking a piece of knowledge is going to go a long way uh, in this journey to mapping out your great legacy. So there's four episodes left in the season. So please join us every Wednesday on the Legacy Atlas podcast.